Welcome to The Tech That Connects Us, a podcast dedicated to the stories of leaders in the technology industries that bring us closer together, specifically content and media, satellite and news space, connectivity and cybersecurity. Your hosts are me, John Clifton, Laurie Scott and Will Trenchard, the founders of Nuco, a specialist global recruitment and executive search firm focused on these exact industries. We love being a part of them and we're excited to share these stories with you. Welcome to the Tech That Connects Us. Your hosts today are me, John Clifton, alongside our lead cybersecurity consultant, Jake Sparks, and we're delighted to be joined today by Ileana Vavan. Ileana's accomplishments barely fit on the page. She's been a champion speed skater, has a master's in computer science, speaks six languages, spent a decade at Microsoft and went on to hold leadership positions at Juniper, Oracle and Kaspersky. She's currently Chief Sales Officer at Series B funded threat analysis and detection platform VMRay. Welcome to the show, Eliana. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. Pleasure, pleasure. So to get us started, how and why did you get into the tech industry initially? And once there, what prompted the move to cybersecurity? Okay, so uh, this is a question that I get asked very often. And for me, so it, it was a quite natural move. I was never really a girl playing with the Barbie dolls. I was playing with the trains and airplanes and everything that was producing sound and it was having a lights and it was moving around I was interested in. So, and I even had a small computer when I was a really little child, you know, the childish one. If you, if you guess the right answer, then it gives you some applause or, you know, lights and these kind of things. So I, I was always interested in technology. And for me, it was a quite, I was good at mathematics, obviously, in the primary school and secondary. And for me, there was never, ever even a doubt if I would study something different than computer science. So that's kind of, you know, part of me. <laughs> Wonderful. And then, and then what prompted the move into, um, I guess, the working in technology and then moving into cybersecurity? Uh, working in technology is, as I said, once you finalize a computer science, you know, I have a master's degree in computer science, it's a quite natural move. So I started my career programming, then slowly I moved into the pre-sales and then sales and management and everything. So I was always into technology, obviously, having spent so much time at Microsoft and Oracle. Um, what made me move into, into cybersecurity, it's, it's two things. One is coincidence. I was mm. approached by, by, actually, I started doing cybersecurity at Microsoft because it was becoming, a, I would say, a painful reality for Microsoft that Windows was permanently hacked. And then Microsoft started paying attention to it. So that was still when I was with Microsoft. And then I got a headhunter actually calling me and asking me to join Kaspersky, which I did. Once with Kaspersky, I was completely passionate about cybersecurity because this company has showed me actually opened up my mind mm. towards cybersecurity and the beauty of it. So I'm, I'm very, you know, I would say I'm very grateful that Kaspersky actually offered me this opportunity and taught me everything about cybersecurity. Fantastic. It's a really good, um, really good introduction there. So uh, over to Jake for a, a couple more questions around the past. Excellent. Thank you. So um, following on from that, Eliana, you, are, you obviously have that technical background and, and then moved into a more sales orientated um, role. Did you always know that you'd or suspect that you'd end up in a sales role? 
No. <laughs> I, 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 I have to say, obviously, I was studying. I studied in the Netherlands, and my first job was in the Netherlands. And um, at some point in time, I realized number one, I'm not a complete nerd, like, you know, just programming <laughs> and not having any communication and any people. You know, I'm, I'm attracted to people. I love being around people. I love talking to people. I love, you know, I have this energy which I love exchange with, with others. And um, so naturally, I started moving towards a job that is more connected to people and not just technology. And because I have a pretty good technology background and I can explain it in a relatively simple way, I ended up mm. actually sales. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. So you leverage that, uh, that, comp- that technical background. Yes. Uh, and what do you feel gave you the uh, determination to achieve what you have? I don't know. I think it's a, it's a part of myself. I'm always challenging myself. I want to go one step ahead of myself. Probably that also comes from a sport I did, speed skating. Mm. You actually don't compete against the others. You compete against yourself and your best performing time. Mm. And in sales, in technology and everything else, whatever I do, I always tend to strive to perfection, to beat myself tomorrow, you know, but by whatever I'm today. So that's, that's kind of a challenge that I really like and I want to progress. And once you start working for a big corporations, specifically like Microsoft, it offers you a lot of opportunities to develop yourself to the next level. By developing yourself to the next level, you develop your career to the next level. So that's, that's what happened. Interesting. Interesting. That, that sporting mindset obviously held you in, uh, in good stead. Um, and who in your life would you say has most influenced your leadership style? Wow, it's a quite a, <laughs> that's a difficult question. Or who or what, uh, I should say. I, I have to say, if let, let me first ask, answer the question, what? I think it was mm. definitely Microsoft, working for Microsoft, uh, specifically back then when Steve Ballmer and Bill Gates were still with the company. Mm. They, they, they had this energy that was transferred through the entire organization. We would, we would meet once a year at Microsoft Global Conferences somewhere in the U.S., and these guys definitely had this, um, I don't even know how to call it, attraction power, you know, to transmit mm-hmm. everything they do, their energy, their enthusiasm, and their, their leadership skills to everybody else. So naturally, my direct managers were actually teaching, learning from the best and then teaching me the best. So I would say there were, you know, there were a couple of people that really inspired me. And definitely my participation in Microsoft Worldwide Solution Sales Leadership Team has inspired me the most. And that has, you know, this experience has basically given me the opportunity to be at the source of Microsoft Invention Centers. And that's something which definitely, I would say, speed up my career and and everything I've learned, I've learned there. Not everything, but most of things I've learned, I've learned at Microsoft. Excellent, thank you. Thank you, very interesting. Um, So we've heard about Ileana's career and progression and looked back at the past, uh, which brings us up to the present. So uh, one of the things that we're really interested in, particularly at the moment, Ileana, is, is, is how people have reacted and how things have been shaped and changed by everything that's happened over the last 12 months. So the, the first question from me is, how have you had to adapt personally as a leader during these last 12 months? Wow, it's been challenging. The good news is I, I've always worked internationally which means I was not always able to work with people in the same room. 
because obviously when you're international leader, then some of your people are with you in the same office, but there are many of them that are remotely working. So I was used to teleconferencing and, and, and you know, everything which uh, virtual teams bring together. Having said that, I was traveling a lot. So even though I wasn't seeing them often, I was still seeing all of my team members regularly, at least once monthly or once quarterly, but I was seeing them very often. Now it's all on the Zooms like today, you and I, or two of you and I are now doing this all on, on remotely on, on Zoom and teleconferencing, which is, which is, in my opinion, making it pretty challenging. At one hand, we are very fortunate that we do have this technology. So we are not being completely isolated and not able to perform our work because everything continued normally like it happened before. However, I do miss personal touch. I miss the energy of people. I miss uh, this coffee corner where I can simply, you know, have a coffee chat with somebody and talk about whatever mm. new ideas he or she may have to me. And, you know, we, I, I miss this exchange. So it, it definitely has been a challenge. On the other hand, I see a lot of people being sick and losing their lives and, and you know, losing their existentials because obviously many, many shops and, and specifically in tourism industry, everything has been shut down. So I see people suffer a lot. And from that point of view, I think there's nothing I should be complaining about. In contrary, uh, I'm, I'm being pleased and, and, and I have to say privileged that I have this opportunity also to enable others to work from home because that's what technology is doing. And being you know, within, in the center of, of technology, specifically with cybersecurity, I think we are definitely enabling people to work from home and make this time less uh, painful. Yeah, completely agree. And, and so the, the, the other one I was interested in is you, you've got a strong connection to sport, uh, both on a personal level from your background, but I know on a professional level, particularly when uh, Kaspersky and the sponsorship of, um, of the football team in Germany and so on. So I was curious to know, how, how do you think that that, that, you know, that background in sport has helped you cope during these last 12 months? Oh, I think it helped me a lot. If, if sport teaches you one thing in your life, it's how to stand up once you fail. So you can lose one game, <laughs> mm. but you don't necessarily lose the championship. So, the, you know, going through professional sport, I, and I would definitely recommend every child to do some kind of sport and even in competition, because that teaches you how to stand up once you fail, once you lose. You know mm. that every, every, you know, everything you lose is just temporarily, every, every problem is temporarily. Your bad performance can be today temporarily, but you can improve tomorrow and continue actually battling for the best and, and the first place in, in, you know, in any competition. And I would say business is also kind of competition because we all compete with each other. Every company has a competitors and these competitors are actually motivating the company to do their best and stay ahead of the game. Mm. So there is a, in my opinion, a, a big parallel between sport and business and this is something which I always take with me. And I think my sport background and my love for sport in general, because I love sport no matter what, is definitely helping me progress in my career, lead the teams better, you know, help the companies that I work for, because the structure, the setup, motivation of people is about the same. Mm. Oh, I love that. And yeah, that, that ability to bounce back when things have gone wrong, which they have routinely over the last 12 months, I think is, um, mm. is, is really important. And so the last question for me around 
things over the last year or so. <laughs> Despite everything that has happened, what has been inspiring you um, to, to keep going, especially in light of the fact that, I think I'm right in saying you started a new role in April of 2020. So what's, what's helped inspire you to, to continue to perform in the way that you have? As I said, I, I have this natural inner motivation. So I'm always motivated, no matter what, no matter the environment. I, when, I, when I take something, I want to, you know, to, to make it grow, to make it bigger, better, improve every day. So for me, this is a personal motivation and personal inspiration. And definitely these difficult times, I, when, you know, every challenge actually motivates me and inspires me to go bigger and better. So having been challenged to actually perform within these difficult times is, is actually my motivation and my inspiration. And I like to solve problems, let me put it this way. So when there's an obstacle in front of me, I want to solve it and move by. So that's, that's my nature. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, the people in your team are lucky to have you as a leader, that's for sure. So, uh, so passing back to Jake for, uh, for some questions around the future. Excellent, thank you. Uh, so the last year has been a strange, uh, accelerated time in so many ways, uh, um, certainly in terms of technology uh, and the security challenges as well. What do you see as the major cyber battlegrounds um, for this next decade? Cyber battleground. Um, I think we are entering an era where everything is going to be connected. We always talk about smart homes. We talk about uh, smart vehicles. We talk about smart devices. We talk about smart everything. Uh, we see penetration of robotics into daily lives. Not just mm -hmm. like at home, I believe everybody already has a robot vacuum cleaner, but then we are moving also. We all, we all have smart TVs. And what you see nowadays is that robot, robots are actually entering the lives, for example, in hospitals. They already serve patients. You have, you know, everything is becoming uh, automated and digitalized. With that, I think the biggest challenge will be how to use this technology to the benefit of human race and not to its disadvantage. Because, you know, having, obviously I work in cyber, cybersecurity, okay? So having all that knowledge from my industry, I can tell you all the benefits of new technology can be erased easily mm. by one big cyber attack. So for me, if you ask me what are the biggest challenges and where do I think every, the world is going, the world is definitely going towards connected world. So everything will be connected in the future. And what we are, what we are witnessing today is just the start of, of a big future. However, there is one, one big challenge, how to secure all of these devices that are connected, how to secure the connection between devices Mm. how to secure the data that are being stored and pulled out of devices and used for artificial intelligence. For example, everybody talks about artificial intelligence, but nobody talks about if you tweet the data, if the data had, has been compromised, then artificial intelligence is becoming you know, not intelligent anymore because it will be basing its intelligence, its intelligence on the data that has been compromised, which may be completely mm. false. So your car may be writing maybe driving backwards instead of forwards if somebody compromises the data. Mm. And this is, in my opinion, the biggest challenge of the future, cybersecurity. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, and how uh, will businesses keep global remote sales teams 
highly motivated uh, and engaged in this new environment? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I, I definitely believe in individuality. I think each of us is, is you know, formed by our experiences, by our DNA, by the culture we live in, by, you know, whatever happened in our lives in the past, whatever aspirations we have for the future. So it's very difficult to say there is a one rule fits all when it comes to motivation. So mm. the challenge on every single leader and every, every team manager is actually to know and understand what motivates every single individual on their team. So you cannot say a company ABC should do X, Y, Z in order to, mo to, to motivate their mobile workforce. Mm. What you need to do as a company, I would recommend definitely to every CEO of every company is to actually look down into every single management level to the, to the lowest team leader levels and teach them to get more empathy for their people so they can understand what motivates every single individual on their team and definitely pay more personal attention to those guys because when you are remote, you easily lose connection, okay? You forget about somebody. You don't have that coffee chat that we normally do. You only have those Zoom calls that are typically structured around certain topic. Some mm. people go on mute, some people talk, some people go and do whatever <laughs> if they switch mm -hmm. on the camera. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is it's, it's difficult, it's challenging, and that's why it requires even more empathy from management mm. and, 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 and their leaders, because they, mm. these are the key personalities within the company who have to understand what drives and motivates every single individual on their team. Fascinating, thank you. Yeah, because you're further away, but actually you've got to forge a deeper connection. And that's one of the things we found at Nuco. actually, is I think we know each other better, although we haven't seen each other face to face, we know each other better than we did before. Yeah. Great, thank you. Um, <laughs> What is the future for big conferences uh, and events post-COVID, uh, do you think? Is there another way to network? Um, I do believe in, in end of pandemic. <laughs> I, I think this is not the first pandemic in the world. Everybody talks about Spanish, uh, Spanish flu that actually mm. caused, I, I don't even, there are different data on how many million deaths and everything, but that one also passed by. So what we are seeing now is big wave of vaccinations. And recently I spent almost two months in Dubai mm. where United Arab Emirates has vaccinated for almost 70% of their people. They are the first one, one of the first in the world. I think it was Israel and, and United Arab Emirates that started vaccination back in November last year. And mm. you see the results happening already. Israel is completely open to their people. So they are, they are not even wearing masks any, anymore. They can freely go to schools, to offices, to restaurants and everywhere. The mm. same is not completely the same, but gradually things are happening in Dubai as well. For example, restaurants are open. They work with less capacity, but they are open. The same mm. with the sport events and everything else. And when it comes to events, they actually recently had a couple of, of uh, normal conferences, obviously following certain rules. You know, everybody has to wear masks. Everybody has to take hygiene concepts, uh, distance. You know, they, they, they have taken care of everything. All measures are in place, but physical events actually happened in combination with digital. So some people are physically present. The other one have an opportunity to participate on through, through teleconferencing. 
and things are slowly but but gradually coming to, to to normality i would say so i think after a couple of years we will all be vaccinated there will be medication for uh, for this virus and then we will be coming back to normal life hey hey thank I, you I, I'm always an <laughs> no, that's great no that's great that's great yeah thank you Excellent. Well, look, really interesting to get your insight on all things past, present and future. Uh, this next section is something we all agree uh, is something we try and address as much and as often as possible. Um, and that's diversity. Yeah. So uh, yeah, as a as a long standing leader in a largely male dominated world, yeah. how have you seen attitudes to diversity change over the course of your career? Uh, no, it's a difficult question because I don't know if the change has happened because there was change in general or because people take you differently once you have proven yourself as a, as a woman in a man world. What do I mean by that? At the beginning of my career, obviously, I was a technical person, so I was a consultant. I was doing technical, purely technical work. I had a lot of... Um, a lot of cases where people would be completely surprised to see a female coming and I was young, you know, I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to say for myself, I was beautiful, but you know, I was young and beautiful. <laughs> and uh, typically they don't expect something, you know, somebody like that coming and doing whatever programming, consulting or anything that has to do with technology. They expect an expert, which is typically a man. And then a young girl arrives and actually she knows many things better than they do. They got confused. They get, you know, sometimes I had, I had the people on the, on the phone telling me, can I talk to a consultant himself instead of his secretary? You know, these kind of, of, of wow. <laughs> mistakes, but you know, that, that, that was also, then, then you see, they kind of, you know, feel sorry about that because obviously, you know, that's a pattern they are used to. And suddenly there is, this exception, so that was difficult. Uh, so I did have those those things where people are completely confused. Some of them were kind of dismissing me, like you cannot be as good as a man because you're a woman and these kind of things. But I got used to that and I actually didn't care about it. For me, it was mm. like, you know, it's, it's his problem, not mine. Because if he doesn't understand that girl can be equally smart or even smarter than boy or, or man, you know, then it's their problem, not mine. So I just ignored it and I continued doing my best in everything I was doing. And gradually, obviously, I was progressing my career. The more I was progressing my career, the more I accepted I was. So I guess once you kind of, you know, hit a certain level, they, they start respecting you, you know, because they see like in Germany, and I would say in entire Europe, the most powerful, you know, first person is a woman, right? So she probably gives an example that a woman can be a leader and a very good one. Mm. And we see this around the world happening more and more. So I think, I think the, the world is moving towards diversity, not just in, in sense of gender diversity, but also in all other diversities, you know, because you may, you may have a man who are having the difficulties to get into some kind of a traditional female uh, world and job, and maybe they want it, you know, so it can be the other way around as well. And it can also be diversity in terms of age, in terms of experience, in terms of, uh, you know, dif different personalities. So I, I actually welcome diversity from all angles. And once again, I'm coming back to Dubai, which is my best example. I love going there. 
for a very mm. simple reason. You come there and I believe there are 150 or something nationalities living actually in Dubai concretely. And they all get along and you see them producing uh, fantastic results. And in many cases, they are very competitive and they always aim to be the best and break all the records and everything. But I think one of the secrets for their success is this diversity. You know, not just gender diversity, but general diversity. So yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah and, and that whole diversity of thought and ideas is is, is really key. Um, it, yeah, this is a very difficult question, but do, do you think that you you'd be able to single out you know what you feel to be the most important area that needs addressing to address diversity and inclusion as a whole it, you know, do you, do you feel there's you know one particular common thread that that really does need uh, to be addressed? yes and and i will use a gender diversity as an example for that because mm -hmm. what i'm what i'm seeing or what we all see and face is I think it's a cultural problem. The girls, when they are small, they get Barbie dolls to play with. Boys are immediately given cars, airplanes, uh, you know, small computers or something like that. Obviously now it's changing because every single child has a smartphone and all of the games mm -hmm. on it. But I'm talking a traditional presentation is the girls, you give them uh, dolls and, you know, boys, you give some, some tools to work with, okay? You give them Lego, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where it starts. And then they move into the, into the schooling system, like primary school, secondary school. Then the girls, again, are being told to be followers. They should be good girls. They should be learning, following, etc. Boys are tolerated if they are not following the instructions of teachers because you know our boys are boys. And then what you see is that girls become extremely good students. So they actually perform better. They score better in, in even mathematics, physics, and all the concrete sciences than boys. They are not necessarily better in social skills. They can be equally good or better than boys in mathematics or any other thing that is needed for, for technology, uh, sciences, and studies. So, but then again, this girly thing from, from the past, when they come to the, to the universities, then they are again told not to take any, any STEM, which stands for science, mathematics, and physics and everything, mm -hmm. but to take something which is more social, more girly, you know, more traditional female role. And I have to say, in my opinion, this tradition, this culture is something which is actually holding us back when it comes to diversity. Mm -hmm. Because in the past, it was logical, you know, we, we needed a man power because everything was by physical power. So it was logical to have this division because female would be then at home doing some light work and men would be on the field doing heavy physical work. And now there is no need for that because heavy physical work has been actually taken over by machines. So there is no need for any, any uh, yes. I would say. <laughs> yes, I, I, I would totally agree as, as the dad of, um, as the dad of three daughters, I, I, do, I do wonder if the world would be a different place, particularly from the gender angle, if instead of being able to buy either boys' clothes or girls' clothes when yeah. they were very small, mm. you could just buy clothes rather than having to choose blue or pink. Exactly. If it was just clothes, I do wonder if it'd be different, but who knows, who knows, maybe we'll see that change. Let's, uh, let's hope so. I, look, it's a topic we could discuss for, for hours and hours, um, but we're, we're, we're moving on to the next section now, which is, um, which is led by you, Jake, so passing back over.
Great. Uh, thank you. And so we've learned a bit about you already, uh, but I'm sure our listeners would love to learn more about you uh, personally. Um, what would be your perfect weekend, COVID permitting? <laughs> uh, it's gonna, it would be probably right now bicycling somewhere. I, I love to bicycle in the mountains, for example. Lovely. And spend some time there, you know, like stand, stay, stay over there in some nice hotel overnight, do the hiking, bicycling, or maybe tennis playing uh, during the day. Nice. And a nice dinner, a nice, nice uh, spa in the evening before going to sleep. <laughs> I think you mentioned a bike track in Dubai. There was, um, there was one you mentioned in particular. Is that right? Yes. That's mm -hmm. a gorgeous one. That's, that's something I would recommend everybody who goes to Dubai and likes bicycling uh they made a they made a beautiful cycling track in uh in the desert and you can actually go there and and my recommendation is either sunrise or sunset because it's really fantastic it's just you know the entire environment the feeling is beautiful and obviously cycling is healthy and good for you <laughs> yeah too right excellent uh thank you very much um so over to uh john all right, so we're uh, we're into the next bit to uh, to learn a bit more about you and your preferences. Um, so we've got the quick fire round now. So uh, we we just got ten quick ten quick questions. You've got to choose you've got to choose one of the options. Um, not too much thinking. So we'll start off with the big question of the day: cake or donuts? Cake or donuts? <laughs> cake. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't eat sweet at all. But if I choose cake. <laughs> Uh, Apple or Microsoft? Apple. <laughs> uh, Gap or Gucci? Uh, Gucci. Uh, espresso or latte? Espresso. Uh, email or WhatsApp? That's a difficult one. Uh, <laughs> probably these days WhatsApp easier. All right. Uh, drive or fly? Uh, fly. Uh, morning person or evening person? Wow, I can be either. <laughs> so morning person is better. I love morning. Right. Um, and we, we know that um, sport and exercise is a big thing for you. So cardio or weights? Cardio. Um, at hero or villain? Once again? Hero or villain? Hero. Uh, and to finish, and this is a this is a bit of a sneaky one because I know you love your traveling and I know you love both. Um, so sun or snow? Sun. <laughs> All right, very good. Thank you very much. So just passing back over to Jake for our final question. Excellent, excellent. Thank you. Uh, and we always go for the same final uh, question, um, which is what one piece of advice uh, would you give to someone entering the industry? Entering uh, IT industry in general or... Uh, yeah, and, and specifically cyber, I guess. Cyber in general. One, okay. So I would say um, always challenge your comfort zone. Never, mm. ever settle for today because tomorrow may be completely different, specifically in this industry where everything is changing every day. So don't, 
Don't get used to comfort zone. Don't even create one. <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> advice. Fantastic mm. advice. Thank you so much for joining us, Ileana. It's a really, uh, really enjoyable conversation and lots of lots of interesting insight and, uh, and information from you. And just a, a real pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe and give us a rating. It really helps these stories to be found and enjoyed by more people. For more information about NUCO, we can be found at www.neuco-group.com. You've been listening to The Tech That Connects Us.